If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. This episode of Switchcraft is brought to you by patrons like Kenneth Gagnon. Support Switchcraft and my other content for as little as a dollar and get exclusive rewards at patreon.com slash run, jump, stomp. Also by Audible. Get two free audiobooks when you sign up today for your 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com slash audible. We are closing in on episode 100. This is episode 90, though, so let's not jump ahead of ourselves. We've got a review on Apple Podcasts from Space Escalator, which, by the way, awesome name. Uh, They said, just a great show, exactly the content I want at a great length and frequency for news-type content and excellent voicing. Well, I do what I can. Uh, What more could I ask for? Well, I'm sure that there is more that you could ask for, but theres I don't know that there's more that I could give. So thank you so much for listening, Space Escalator, and for having an awesome name. Uh, We also received an email. If you are looking for ways to get a hold of me, one of the ways, and I'll list the rest in a little bit, is that you can email runjumpstomp at gmail.com, just like Joseph did. They said, hey, Bill, first things first, I sent you a friend request. I'm Nintendork with the weird-looking me and blue hair. I already added you, buddy. Thank you for the friend request. And anybody else that wants to friend request me, uh, there's a link at the, or not a link, but my friend code is at the bottom of the show notes, so you can add me. The one thing I do want you to understand is that it might take me some time to get to it because... I've because of the podcast, I get a lot of friend requests and my friend list is full. Uh, so I'm going through and finding people who uh, ha- that I don't recognize their names or that I look and it seems like they don't play on the switch at all. And I remove them in order to add new people. And sometimes that just takes more time than just going to the, the one thing and, and hitting add. Uh, so it might take me a little bit of time to get you added, but add me so we can play games together because that's awesome. Uh, All right, back to the email. Second thing, I'm getting Super Mario Odyssey when it comes out, but one thing I don't like is how much Nintendo is spoiling it. I've been trying to avoid as much Mario Odyssey coverage as I can because I want to be surprised about how cool the game is. What do you think about how much Nintendo spoils their games? Um, You know, when you say I agree that Mario Odyssey is getting a little too much uh, spoiling and... That does bother me a little bit. I wish that Nintendo had the confidence to say, look, we know that Mario Odyssey is going to kill it. So let's just let people see the same stuff that we've already shown them. And it's going to, uh, it's going to sell. It's going to sell Nintendo. So just stop trying to sell us on it. All right. Um, So Super Mario Odyssey I think is going to sell very well, regardless of the marketing that, that they push here in this last couple of weeks. So I do think that Nintendo is spoiling Mario Odyssey too much. Now, if we look back at other games, like let's say Breath of the Wild, I don't feel like they spoiled anything in that. Um, although at, at the same time, I don't know that that's really a game that you can spoil. There's not much of a story to it. 
I don't imagine that there's much of a story to Mario Odyssey either. Um, but I feel like, um, you know, you could always just ignore the stuff about Mario Odyssey, especially like there are some Firefox and Google Chrome add-ons or extensions or whatever they're called in, in your browser of choice that can block out certain words. So, And you can even do that on Twitter. You can block out certain words so that if somebody's posting something about Super Mario Odyssey, you know you won't be spoiled. I do this right around Christmas time when Star Wars is is starting up uh, because I don't want to get spoiled on, on a new Star Wars movie. I want to see it, and especially because they don't do a worldwide release. You know, they're releasing them in Europe first for some reason. I don't know. Um, that drives me a little crazy. And that's what you can do to avoid the spoilers is just use Twitter filters. Uh, there's the browser extensions that'll stop it. Like you, if you go to a certain website that the, that the browser thinks has spoilers for what you're looking at, it'll pop, pop up a thing that blocks it out. Uh, so you don't see it. I think that that's your only solution and just don't follow Nintendo stuff quite so closely. Now, as far as an audio podcast like mine, you really don't have to worry about spoilers too much on a Mario game because, again, I don't think there's much story. And then on top of that, what you're really going to be spoiled on is, oh, look at this cool thing that Mario can turn into. And I probably won't talk too much about that until after the game's been out for a little bit because I, I, I understand how people are sensitive to spoilers. Anyway, thank you so much for the email, Joseph. Uh, I appreciate it. Uh, other ways that people can get a hold of me, is through Twitter at RunJumpStomp. You can leave a voicemail. My phone number is 260-RUN-JUMP. That's 260-786-5867. And you can, of course, jump into the Discord at RunJumpStomp.com slash Discord. And right there, you can have awesome conversations with lots of people who like Nintendo stuff and some who don't. Uh, anyway, uh, uh, just another quick reminder is that I record these episodes live at twitch.tv slash run jump stomp. So come on over and be part of the conversation while we are talking about it. It's time for the news. Well, this does not sound good, but FIFA for Switch only accounted for 1% of all copies of the game sold, which this sounds really bad for the Switch. And especially when EA said oh, we'll see what we do with other franchises after we get to see what FIFA does. Now, I'm not going to pretend that I have any information at all other than what I'm telling you now, uh, but my here here's a, a couple of arguments against or, or for why this isn't uh, a doomsday scenario. Um, the game is sold out. So if you are going to go out in your... And this is uh, in the EU, basic, basically. Uh, or actually, this is in, in uh, England. Uh, but if you're going to go out and try and find a copy in stores, it's going to be tough to find a Switch copy of FIFA. Uh, so with it only selling 1% of all copies, that tells me that they probably didn't make a whole lot of physical copies. It's completely sold out on Amazon. They can't get it anywhere. Um, and... There is a possibility that they went with a small number of physical copies in order to drive customers towards digital sales. That way they can save money because then they don't have to spend the extra money on the cartridge. Um, I could be wrong about this. I'm just I'm just spitballing here. Um, there's also the issue that the Switch has a fairly small install base, especially in Europe. 
Um, like it, it's doing very well in the U.S. It's doing very well in Japan, but Nintendo has never been huge in Europe. Uh, it never has been. They, they, Europe has always been really more of a PlayStation market, um, and a lot of uh, a lot of the people who are traditional fans of FIFA are probably also not Nintendo fans for the most part. All right, so these are a couple of reasons why it sold so abysmally. Uh, that being said, I'm not going to sit here and be an apologist for Nintendo or anything. And one thing that may have caused it to sell poorly, other than a low number of physical copies made or EA trying to drive digital sales and a small install base, is that you can't play with your friends for crying out loud. The game doesn't just have a built-in way for you to play with your friends, which is insane to me. I don't understand this. And I think that this is probably on Nintendo rather than on EA uh, because Nintendo, what we've seen from the Switch is that they don't make it easy to let you play games with your friends. Look at what happened with Splatoon. Splatoon is a pain to play with your friends. You have to do Salmon Run or nothing. Or if you want to play with your friends, you have to hope that you'll end up on the right team. Uh, so I think that the inability for you to just pick a game and play with your friends, that might have driven people away from a Switch version. Another thing that it might drive people away is that while um, having the game portable is good, I've heard that playing the game with one Joy-Con makes it feel kind of clunky. And because of this, it kind of takes away the uniqueness that is the Nintendo Switch. Like one of the great things about the Nintendo Switch is that you can go someplace, take the Joy-Cons off, share one with somebody and sit there and play a game together. But for FIFA, I feel like two people crowding around that very small screen with the tiny little players on, on the on the on the field and you're using um, half of the Joy-Con or half of the Joy-Con set, half the controller, essentially, uh, to play, and I've heard that it feels clunky, that's not really the best experience. And the idea of that might have also said, uh, made people say, okay, well, I like FIFA, and I'm going to go with a known quantity. I'm going to go with something that I'm familiar with, something that I know that I'm going to like, and that's the PS4 or the Xbox One version of this game. Whereas... People who aren't already FIFA fans, they might be more inclined to pick up the Switch version. Uh, FIFA is a huge game, and I and and while it's good, it's it's EA's first foray into the Switch. When you look at this number of FIFA only accounting for one percent of sales for all of FIFA because of the Switch, a lot of people are going to say, "Well, this is doom and gloom." And um, I, I just want to say that 1% of a really large number is still a really big number. And one other thing that's a more important number that we don't have is the attach rate compared to other consoles. So we don't know what the attach rate is for PS4. We don't know what the attach rate is for Xbox One, and we don't know what the attach rate is for the Switch. Both of the PS4 and Xbox One, there's a lot more of those particular systems in the wild than there are on the Switch. And in Europe, the Switch or Nintendo is not super popular. So I think that that FIFA on Switch had a lot stacked against it. Uh, but I wouldn't 
I wouldn't say that the end is nigh for EA on the Switch. Um, we don't know what their expectations were for the Switch. And maybe they know. Maybe they're saying, listen, th- we want people to buy this digitally. Maybe that's why they limited the physical copies. So I'm, I, I really don't know. Um, but I just wanted to let you guys know that it didn't sell that well. Uh, that being said, I know the EA said, we're going to see how this game does before we decide what we're going to do with the rest. Don't go buy FIFA on the Switch if you don't want FIFA on the Switch. Don't let them uh, hold you hostage like that. Just forget about it and move on. All right, speaking of moving on, let's move on to a different game. And with an eye to the future, tomorrow begins today. Nintendo, the world's leader in video games, has joined forces with Silicon Graphics, the world's leader in visual computing, to introduce the most exhilarating, breathtakingly realistic 3D video entertainment ever witnessed. Project Reality. Yoshio Sakamoto, uh, who is a producer on the Metroid franchise, and he's the co-creator as well. Um, He was talking about Samus Returns, and uh, he was talking at Game Rant, and they asked, basically, are we going to see more remakes in the Metroid franchise in the future? And he replied, it really depends on the reasons you have for undertaking such a challenge whether there's a need for it and your own motivation. But at the moment, I have no plans for another remake. I think we need to spend time considering whether whether fans are only wanting remakes going forward and what that might mean. Um, So I really don't think that we're going to have, I don't see us having any more remakes. I know a lot of people are like, can you update the graphics for um, uh, Super Metroid? And I actually say, don't do that because the original is fantastic and it'd be better if you spent your time and resources on making a new Metroid game. Uh, so I would prefer that they avoid going back to the well and selling us something that's, that we've already experienced and instead making something brand new like Metroid Prime 4 or in the future, more side-scrolling Metroid games. I really want to play... Uh, Metroid Samus, Metroid 2 Samus Returns on the 3DS. But I don't want to play my 3DS. I want to play my Switch. And so I re- what I would really want is for them to release a version of it on the Switch. Now, I don't think that they're going to do that. But if they did, I'd buy it in a heartbeat. Uh, as it is, I'm very, very tempted to pick up Samus Returns because the game looks fantastic. And by all accounts, it's really good. Um, it's a Metroidvania game, of course, in Metroid. Um and I've got another Metroidvania game that I'm going to talk about later on in the show. But anyway, I'm curious what you guys think. Do you think that it would be better for them to leave the old games the way that they are? You can always go back and play them. Um, and do you, or would you, pre- and, oh gosh, how do I say this? Would you prefer that they leave the old games alone and focus on new games? Or would you re- prefer that they go back and remake games like Super Metroid uh, again? So, uh, let me know, runjumpstomp at gmail.com. Well, September 29th has come and gone. I've got my Super Nintendo Classic. I'm super excited for it. I've played quite a few hours of it, actually. I'm not going to review the games in it. If there's interest, I might do like a retro review segment in the future. Not in the show proper, but maybe like as an extra or maybe on my YouTube channel or something like that. So if that's something you guys want, let me know. Um 
right now, I'm just going to talk about this, the overall experience of the system. Uh, first off, the menu music is fantastic. Nintendo has taken what they had on the NES Classic and improved it, I think. I, I really do think that they've improved it. And uh, that's basically what it is. It's The whole thing is just an improvement in every respect over the NES Classic. So the drawbacks of the NES Classic were the abysmally short cords. The controller cord length is it's long enough, but it could be longer. Um, fun fact, which is awesome. If you're lucky enough to have both the NES Classic and the Super Nintendo Classic, you can use the Super Nintendo controllers on the NES Classic, which means that you've got just a little more cord length to deal with, which is great. Uh, the artwork. So on the 4x3 game, you've got a lot of black bars on the sides of your game and i think it's fantastic that they added in this little artwork especially for me a streamer who who plays games at on twitch when i'm streaming a game on that thing it sucks having a bunch of dead space around uh the gameplay and i like that they gave me the option to fill that space up and they gave me some different uh images that i can choose from i think that they've done a good job on those um so let's see. Oh, the rewind feature is really cool. I, I can't see myself using it too much, but I did test it out. Like I loaded up Super Mario World and I played like a, just a little bit. And basically what you have to do is you play through the game and let's say that you want to go back like 10 seconds or so. You just hit the rewind button and or not the rewind button, the the reset button on your on your console. So you can't do it from the controller. You got to go hit the button on the console and then it brings you back to the home screen. And then you can load that save. But instead of hitting the A button to load it, I think it's the Y button to hit the rewind feature. And it'll start playing uh, the game through. And then you could just jump in whenever you want. Uh, so you can see your character running across the screen. And mid-jump, you ran into, um, I don't know, a, a, a fireball or something. So... Uh, right before that jump, you can jump into the game and take over and avoid that fireball that, that hit you before. I won't think to use it. It's not a super convenient way to, to go about it, but it's neat that you can. Um, another fun fact is that if you have a, uh, a, um, a Wii Classic controller, which used to plug into the Wii remotes, you can hit the home button and that'll take you to the home on your system as well. So overall, I think the Super Nintendo Classic is really good. I've heard that um, the price on eBay for these things is well, well, well below what the NES Classic price is, which means that there's more out there. And uh, the pace at which that these things are selling on eBay is also slowing down. Uh, and I think that has to do with the fact that Nintendo is getting stock back into the stores. I saw a, store, a story today about somebody who, uh, about a, I think it was a GameStop. In the middle of the day, they got restocked again uh, with more stuff. So, you know, if you don't have one yet, keep stopping at stores on your way to and from work and maybe you'll get lucky. Uh, keep checking out uh, Amazon and stuff like that. Don't buy from a third-party seller. Do not buy from a scalper. Um, just, I'm sure that... You might not get one before Christmas, which sucks, but I think that everyone who wants one is probably going to get one. I think that Nintendo 
they have dealt with enough bad PR about the NES Classic that it seems like they finally listened, which is very non-Nintendo. They usually are not the people who will listen to us very much. Uh, They're more like Apple where they just say, we're going to tell the customers what they want. And it's very strange to hear of Nintendo listening. Um, But it seems like they are. All right. The uh, other thing that I played a lot of uh, since the last episode was SteamWorld Dig 2. Uh, don't worry about spoilers. I'm not going to spoil anything, but I will say the story's pretty engaging. I'm having fun with it. It really only requires you to to have any as much buy-in as you feel like. Uh, so you can easily just uh, go up to a character, hit a button, spam the button to get rid of it, and then uh, go to the blue arrow on the screen if you want. Or you can read everything and talk to every character in town and stuff like that. I love the movement in this game. When you're playing this game uh, between the jumps and the wall jumps and the grappling hooks uh, and all of the other ways that you can maneuver around the screen, you really feel like your character is getting more and more powerful as you move on, which is really great. Um, It's a must in a Metroidvania game, and this is the other Metroidvania game that I said I was going to talk about. Um, I think that this game is fantastic. Now, it's not a super long game. I haven't finished it yet, but I looked up how long it takes to beat. And people are saying, you know, somewhere around 15 hours or so. Um, for 20 bucks, I think I think that the gameplay is worth it. You can, you can blast through the main story really, really quick if you want to and still have lots of other stuff that you can do, um, like, to try and 100% the game if you want. I love the artwork. It's really, really crisp artwork and has really great animations. The animations feel like cardboard cutouts that are held together by these metal brads. Um, people, kids from the '80s, you'll know exactly what I mean. Like that was our that was our action figures back then in the day. You had cardboard cutouts, and you would hook the arms onto the cardboard cutouts by, by these like little metal, I don't know, tubes, I guess. And it would allow you to pose the characters and stuff. And that's how it feels when your character is moving around. Um, You've got a a whole lot of different ways that you can upgrade your character. And it really, it makes you feel like it's your game, not just a game that you're playing. Uh, Overall, I think it's a fantastic game. I love it. And I highly recommend SteamWorld Dig 2. Uh, Kodiak Moonwolf responding back to the... Uh, Super Nintendo Classic thing. He says the cheapest on UK Amazon is 140 pounds, plus four dollars or four pounds 48 for delivery from a third party. Uh, hope they eventually get more in stock. I think that they will. Um, but if if nobody buys from the scalpers, their prices will drop because they're not going to want to sit there and eat the the loss. So. All you have to do is not buy from scalpers. And if everybody avoids buying from scalpers, then the, then when the N64 Classic comes out, maybe they won't be interested anymore. This is the lightning round where I go just a little bit faster and I talk less each time. And this is a story over at Nintendo.com. And this is related to the Super Nintendo Entertainment System Classic Edition. We've got a developer interview with the developer behind F-Zero, which is a lot of people, they absolutely love F-Zero. And I got to say, I haven't played F-Zero outside of emulation, uh, like on the original Super Nintendo in 
decades, I feel like. Like when it when it, I mean it came out in 1996, so it's been a long damn time since I played F0. And I got to say playing it I I played a little bit of it, a little bit of it on the uh SNES Classic and it handles so much better than emulation. Even emulation like I'm doing it on my computer. I've got a pretty powerful computer cuz I'm a streamer and this felt better. It just felt better. Um, much more faster frame rate. The controls felt better. I really think that, by the way, I didn't talk about this too much, but the Super Nintendo Classic controllers, like the feel of those buttons are really good. Uh, anyway, uh, so we've got this um, this interview. I'm not going to go through the whole thing. Uh, I'm just letting you know that it's there. It's an interview with uh, Kazunobu Shimizu and Yasunari Nishida and uh, Takaya Inamura. So sorry, so sorry for uh, butchering those names, but they are the development team behind F-Zero, the original. And uh, it's a good read, so definitely check it out. Also, we finally got our, our release date for Stardew Valley. Uh, and it's October 5th. It's Thursday, for crying out loud. Like, they were really quick to... Um, to bring that, like they told us like two days ago, they were like, Hey, we're going to be getting a uh, release date. And then bam, it's Thursday. I mean, I don't understand why. And this is something that we've seen on the switch a lot, but I don't understand why uh, developers are like, and the release date is tomorrow. Like, why is it that they're not telling us about these well in advanced uh, release day? And, and I understand in the past, I've said, don't tell us about release dates until you're sure. But how can you not be sure until up to this close to the release date. That's pretty crazy, if you ask me. Uh, coming soon, uh, today, we had Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time come out on the Switch. On Thursday, in addition to the Stardew Valley, we've got Volgar the Viking, uh, Tumblestone, and Axiom Verge. Axiom Verge, speaking of Metroidvania games, that's one of my all-time favorite Metroidvania games. Definitely check that out if you've never played it before. Whoa, nice graphics. I'd like to get my hands on that game. Well, that's all the time that we have for today. If there's a story that I missed or a topic that you want discussed, let me know. If you're looking for ways to support the show, head on over to runjumpstomp.com support. There you will find links to my wife's Etsy shop, the Patreon. If you are looking for a free way to support the show, just review us on Apple Podcast or iTunes, or you can just share the show with a friend. If you are, if you like to listen to stuff and you like audiobooks, check out the link at the end of the show, runjumpstomp.com slash audible, and get some free audiobooks. Uh, directly supports the show. Uh, so special thank you to Audible uh, for being a sponsor. And thank you to the people who show up and hang out in Twitch chat. We've got people like Kodiak Moonwolf, uh, Vaxer. We've got TF Wagner, Link31254, Bravd, Aerslia. Um, let me see if I can get everybody in here. Uh, Zimzors was here. He was picking on me because I shaved my beard off. Uh, who else was here? We saw a couple others. Wyvern Ripsnarl was here. And I think that I got everybody. So thank you guys for showing up at twitch.tv slash runjumpstomp and hanging out with me while I record the show. I really appreciate it. Thank you to Noteblock and Tom Winter for use of your music on the show. Head on over to their YouTube channels and tell them I said hello. And um, just thank you for listening. I'm out of here and I will see you all next time. Bye-bye. <music> 
Switchcraft is brought to you by Audible. Audible is the publisher and distributor of the world's largest selection of digital audiobooks and spoken word content. Audible customers can listen anytime and anywhere to professionally narrated audiobooks across a wide range of genres, including bestsellers, new releases, sci-fi, romances, classics, and more. Get two free audiobooks to start. After 30 days, if you decide to cancel, you get to keep the books. If you decide to stay on, and you probably will, get one book every month for $14.95. In addition, you also get 30% off the price of additional audiobook purchases. Cancel anytime. Your books are yours to keep even if you cancel. You can sign up today for your free 30-day trial at runjumpstomp.com audible and directly support the show. Thank you.